0: CavsCorner.com, your sport. Your sports. I am Brad Franklin, publisher of CavsCorner.com, coming to you live from the place Franklin Estates in the west end of Richmond, where it is Wednesday, October the 26th. As we record this podcast, uh, Virginia has just been chosen, I guess, third in the preseason balloting uh, down in Charlotte this afternoon. London Perrantes, a first-team All-ACC preseason selection. We'll get into that a little bit later. Virginia has, on the gridiron, number five Louisville coming to town this weekend with the cheat code. Uh, Lamar Jackson at uh, at quarterback We have to talk about it um, As maybe painful as that might be Both now and uh, on Saturday So uh, let's go around and introduce everyone Out in Fishersville David Spence is back on the podcast Welcome back sir
1: Thank you sir David Spence Who days on the board At Who Dave's on Twitter He
0: just punted on saying my name So he didn't have to say it funny <laughs> Out in Arlington With power restored Is Justin Ferber Is back on the show Welcome back sir
1: Yes, sir,
2: at Justin underscore Ferber on Twitter.
0: And Cavs Corner also on Twitter, Cavs underscore Corner. Great place for our in-game updates, content items, and the occasional unverified witty banter because Twitter keeps being a jerk and not uh, letting me have my check mark. I don't know why they do that to me. They're just hurting my feelings. Uh, speaking of hurt feelings, oh, so Virginia loses two games in a row. Um, I feel like I sold my soul to the devil himself for that glorious, glorious bye week when everything was – Roses and 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 monkeys dancing with toothbrushes And it was all fun and games And now I remember what that uh, What I was down paying on uh, at that point I, I guess I'm not surprised that they lost to Carolina I'm a little surprised at how one-sided it felt Even though it shouldn't have um, Dave, I know texting during the game with you <laughs> Is always an adventure You have a couple days to calm down um, And then you ultimately seem much more reasonable uh, days later, how in, in this in this process, where are you now from that? I mean, do you are you still do you still angry? Did you rewatch the game? How do you how do you feel about that loss at this point?
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm, I don't know if I'm angry. I'm still disappointed and a little perplexed by what happened. Um, I did rewatch the game and you know, I think it kind of surprised me that it was. Like, you were so involved in that game, and that game was so weird. Like, so much ball movement and failure to convert for both teams um, early. Like, I kind of was like, when I watched the replay, I was like, man, is it really 7-7 seven to seven with four minutes to go in the first half? <laughs> it felt yeah. like we got blasted. Yeah, um, I did. I mean, I, I think the biggest reason I was disappointed from the game, look, I expected our defense to give up points, and they did, but considering what the offense did, the defense did just fine. The defense did enough for the offense to have kept that, a game, but I think in this whole rebuilding process, um, even though we kind of had that hiccup at Connecticut, like this felt like the offense took a significant step back for the first time, um, and that is what kind of upset me. And we'll get into the, the mechanics of that later, I'm sure. But yeah, I think looking back on it, that's what was so upsetting it was just the offense seemed to just against the defense that they should have, you know, improved Carolina defense, but still not anything to the caliber we're going to see this weekend. Um, the offense really failed to produce. Um, you know, Benkert had a subpar game. The play calling was kind of all over the place. It was just – that's what was more upsetting. I mean, 35 points they allowed, but, you know, the defense – the offense put the defense in tough situations all day, and all in all, the defense held its own for what you'd expect from where they are.
0: Yeah, I think the the Benkert thing was especially uh, uh, confounding for me, right? Because – like, I I guess this is the second year in a row. Well, third year in a row? I expected Virginia's offense to do more against Carolina and then ultimately didn't come to pass. And I just really thought that Carolina did a good job of really using um, its uh, uh, its advantages uh, in terms of size and, and athletes, right? I mean, I just think they did a good job of, of, of scheming things up. And realistically... Broncos point this week about how he thought Kirk was, uh, you know, he took a shot on the shoulder. I don't know if it was this game or last game. I think it was last game. And then from that point on, he was kind of he's kind of trying to get out of the pocket a little too soon. It was almost like he he was um, uh, he was right where he needed to be before that, and now he's he's escaping too early, and and you can see kind of how quickly things kind of devolve. I just didn't think that the game plan was um, nearly as aggressive, or maybe as creative as it should have been i i mentioned this on the board that uh cove and i spent some time in the um, media lot after the game kind of just perplexed as to you know like i think about it like this how many times have you seen Taquan mazel and olamide Zacchaeus on the field at the same time they don't they don't do that much right like you, you would yeah. think that like I, and look i'm not trying to make it as simple as this i understand coaching real football is a lot different than you know playing on a video game but like think about it you would never have those guys off the field. And I understand Zacchaeus is, no, is nursing a hamstring that, that gives him some problems at times. So, I mean, you're probably trying not to overwork him. I get that. But, like, I just feel like that's your best weapon is to use those two guys. It's so commonsensical it's, it's stupid, right? Use these two guys together as much as you can. And I, and I see so much subbing in and out. And it's hard to know, like, I, I, I firmly believe that the sub packages and, and bringing other guys in and out, it's totally tipping the hand. To the defense, right? It's it's like it's like those old days when 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 Virginia would bring smoke in the game, and 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 remember the Maryland game that time, and they were just like calling him out because they knew if he was on the field, they were going to try to get the ball to him. That's exactly yeah. what it feels like. If you bring ten and two in the game, I, I think I tweeted this. If you bring ten and two in the game, it's going to be a run. Like you're not Virginia's not going to throw that, right? And they under they know what those personnel packages are, and even if they're rudimentary, because. You were trying to bring the kids along slowly. Like at some level, man, it, it's it's eight weeks into the season. You you gotta poop or get off the pot. You feel me? Like you gotta start. You know, you gotta start just like putting the kids out there and letting them either sink or swim. And I kind of feel like a lot of this is I don't want to say over but that's kind of what it feels like, right? Like they're trying too hard to match personnel with um, with exactly what they want to do on the field, and it only takes um, almost a, um, uh, a kind of a basic defensive. Play or a basic, you know, they, they, there's no options. You see, see what I mean? Like it just, it seems like every time there's one thing they want to do, and the defense takes it away, and they're like, "Uh-oh!" And it happens routinely. And I and I and I wonder if the if the substitution pattern is is it's almost like this staff and this scheme works if you do X, right? It's almost like you you got snow tires on a car that's on pavement. Like it's not like though like the it's not really going to help you out. You feel me? Like it's almost like if they don't go fast; they don't know what to do, and so there's kind of out of character. It'd be like if Tony Bennett all of a sudden wanted to run and you know run a gun. Like you're just—it's just not going to work. Um, you need to be who you are. Ferber, What about you? What, what were some of your takeaways, thoughts, concerns coming out of uh, Saturday's game? What, did you rewatch the game, or, or how, how did you kind of approach the, the aftermath of that loss? <laughs> no,
2: I didn't rewatch it. Um, I think I saw it. and needed to see live, so, but not
0: the first time. <laughs>
2: Yeah, um, but I th- I think my concerns are similar to yours. I think uh, the offense, like I've been saying all year, it's like when they're clicking everything, you know, it, it goes well, and they can use that to kind of build momentum and sustain it throughout the game. But as you saw at times during Central Michigan, after they got the 28-point lead, and in the Richmond game, obviously for stretches, and uh, I think the UConn game was more about finishing drives, but um, you definitely saw it in the pit second half and in this game. Uh, it's like when the the first few plays of the drive don't go well, first down, um, and you don't have, like, second and manageable, it feels like things the wheels can kind of fall off, and they're not converting enough third and longs to stay competitive in these games. So it really feels like the pressure's on them to kind of make positive plays off the bat. And um, when they're not able to do that in the passing game, like – we talked about this a little bit earlier in the week, but how many miscommunications were there on routes between a quarterback and the receiver and stuff like that? it just it can't happen to keep the momentum going and and I agree with what you said about the tempo. It seems like that they were trying to be something that they're not this week because they knew that Carolina would be okay with the high tempo and use it themselves. So I think that they tried to it's kind of like we've talked about in the past like instead of you know just being who you are and doing that well, it's like trying to scheme for everybody else. And change who you are to fit that narrative or whatever or scheme. So I think sometimes that can work to your disadvantage um, in football or basketball. And uh, I think that's kind of what we saw um, on Saturday. And I think North Carolina showed what a you know an efficient tempo offense looks like. It was you know when they got a first down, they were hiking the ball before you could even blink. Like they they were ready. They were at the next play. They were ready to go. And they were using that tempo to an advantage. Whereas like UVA didn't even really feel like they were running tempo. So uh, that'll be something to watch going forward. It'll be the key, I think. Obviously, like I've been saying, is just making positive plays on first down and getting things into the third and manageable because they seem to be able to convert those, whereas they're really struggling to convert, um, you know, third and eight, third
1: and seven. Yeah, it, Jesse, it's one of the things I talked, you know, texted you guys about during the game. You know, it's one thing we understand this offense can't come out and for every play of the game run tempo, right? But you played a first half where you only scored on a on a fake special teams play. The second team second half comes around. You stop Carolina. You get the ball back. You don't move it. You stop them again. You get the ball back. Um, you know, is it okay for maybe you know a series of plays to try some tempo? I mean, I understand you you don't trust every guy to run every play, but you've got more than one play for each subset. So let's put in this subset. We know they can run these six or seven plays. Let's hit them fast see what happens because it's not like we were just subbing out Carolina was matching every time we do and then they don't have a they don't have a lot of like world beaters on their defense but they do have depth because they've recruited well especially on the defensive side of the ball trying to build that back up um, and plus you're just standing there in formation giving the defensive coordinator you more time to figure it out and at, from a fan perspective when a team hits you even if it's a 3 or 4 yard gain which you know Can you know? Depending on the down and distance, it can be so. They hit three or four yards on first down. When that same team subs out three or four, comes back, waits thirty seconds, no big deal. But when that same team is back on the line right away, you're like they're going to get three or four more, and we're going to be first down before we can blink. Like it's so. Like I think it's understandable that they're not in a position to run like he did at BYU yet. But there is like, how can we not at this point? at least try it for a series or two just to mix it up a little bit. I mean, you're willing to take Ben Kurt out, just try something different. And that's what frustrated me to no end, especially there's one play in particular. I know, Brad, you kind of mentioned maybe it was just that it just happened to be that was the option that the quarterback went with. But there was literally a play where we ran the ball up the middle, subbed out three guys at wide receiver, subbed out one of the running backs, and then ran the ball right up the middle again. And that's when we were down twenty-one to seven. You know, and the clock was ticking. That's when I kind of lost it.
0: That, that's when the when the hate text started rolling in. Look, yeah, that's when the listen, hate text rolled. In. I understand that 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 when you're coaching a team like this, that they're they're always going to be you're always going to be on this precarious precipice, right? Whew, say that three times fast. Like you're always going to be in this weird spot at all times because like you feel like if you give too much, right, you'll end up with a pick six for you know whatever that changes the the game. I mean, look. That game did feel like Virginia got blasted And the reason for that is, is because at times They got absolutely tattooed But the, it was not completely out, the, out of the door Like Benkart got pulled with 9 one to go or something like that Right in the third quarter Like wasn't there like a ton of time left Right and it was only a two score game Like it was not like it was 35 to nothing. You know this was not yeah. Boise State Yet it felt like that and the reason it felt Like that I think is one because Virginia Just couldn't stay on the field man they were like, what was it like? Three of nineteen
1: or something on third down.
0: Like that's just Yeah,
1: that's Virginia had as many fourth physical. down conversions as third down.
0: Yeah, and then you add in the fact that season low uh, in total yards, and I mean, hell, what what would happen if, if you know Joe Reed hasn't you know doesn't have a couple of good kick returns, and they don't have that um, trick play, you know? And I mean that poor trick play. God damn, that thing was oh oh that was bad. Um, <laughs> that thing, man, that thing was good. Like that was a that was just an impressive play. Um, and I don't even care. Like, I understand it got wasted, like I said in my, my, my piece on Monday. But, like, it was still pretty impressive. Um, but even I don't know so, if it
1: really got – I mean, it got wasted in the grand scheme of things. But, well, I mean, really, Carolina like- only – Carolina scored because of a whore, Connie's worst punt of the year. Yeah, that's true. Um and then their fake play. <laughs> their their yeah. trick play.
0: Well, I just think that I say wasted in the sense like you, yeah, you had you. a game where you lost by three scores, like you'd liked it you, you'd have liked it to have been they them to do something better with it, but ultimately it tied the game, right? It was 7-7. Yeah. So I mean, yep. but and it was a, it was very well executed and um you know, I think that ultimately you can't say it was wasted per se, but it does kind of feel wasted because of the result. But ultimately, I think look, the bottom line is this. Virginia has more offensively. And I feel like we, if we went back and listened to our podcast after the Richmond game, we'd say something very similar. They have more offensively than what they, they put on the field. Some of that pro- has to come down to quarterback play. Ben Kirk hasn't been as good the last six quarters. Um, I also think that part of it is is that they got fat and, 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 and happy off of the big play. And then when you take that big play away, they're like, all right, what am I going to do now? You know? Like, it very much, and I've said this a thousand places, but it very much is a team that lives and dies by the three. At some point, you've got to have a dude who goes inside and gets a bucket. That's where they are right now. They don't have the consistent, reliable offense to go out there and put together a nice long drive, convert a few third downs, and score from four yards out after eight, nine plays. Because, inevitably, you'll have a play where there's a penalty, and then you have a play where somebody gets dropped for a loss because they're in, in, inexplicably running on third and seven. Um... And not, not going for it on fourth down. So I kind of feel like, one, it's they, the kids have to execute better. But at the same time, I think the coaches have to put them in a position where they're not telegraphing what's about to happen. I mean, you, you don't even, like, all you need to know, you don't even need to look at the running backs who are in the game. You just need to look at the wide receivers who are in the game. And I'd love to see them do some of that stuff and, and turn it on its head. Go play action with Jordan Ellis and Albert Reed both in the game, you know? like do something a little bit different just to give the defensive coordinator a little seed of doubt. Um, and, and I, and I think that kind of thing is, is really realistically the only way they're going to win this game this weekend. So let's, let's start talking about uh, Lamar Cheatco, Jackson uh, and the Cardinals coming to town. Um, Ferber had a, had a really cool angle um, on this week's <laughs> one to watch. Um, and he talked about the, he, he kind of com- contrasted it with that, that Oregon game, in 13 Do we think that's the Is this the best kid Is this the best player To come into Scott Stadium In, in, in let's say Modern recent history do we, do we think he's the best Who are the other candidates uh, That would You know Be in the discussion here Mariota And who else
2: Oh man uh, Skill position guys Like
0: Calvin Johnson Yeah Calvin Johnson Yeah uh, the, the, That USC team Was that Leonard and Bush that, that was uh, uh Sanchez, Sanchez, and, Sanchez. and uh, okay, Joe so that, was, that was after that was after the really really good teams. Um yeah. Who else? Who else? And <laughs> they still dusted this. Mike Vick. Yeah,
2: Vick. Yeah, definitely. Good. I don't really, honestly. I was thinking about that earlier. I don't really remember him
1: playing in Scott Stadium. Oh gosh, I know he you know did. What? You're right. I, I it don't was either. because it was that early. It wasn't the last game of the year. It's like mid season or something. That's it's right. Weird. That was that
0: year they they played it. Yeah, they, you're right. They played it in October. It was very strange. Yeah.
1: Who else? Who yeah.
0: else is in the discussion?
1: Uh, Sammy Watkins, Taj Boyd. Um, this is where my age is a disadvantage. Hey, remember <laughs> when yeah, Logan Thomas is
2: going to be the first pick in the draft?
0: <laughs> who? Uh, all right, let's see who else. Um, I'm trying to think. Uh, Calvin Johnson's a really good one, but I mean, he he. Yeah, those teams are just awful.
1: I feel like he had a minimal impact because the team was Yeah,
0: bad. the team was bad.
1: I mean, for me, Peter Warwick and Warwick Dunn were two of the best. Like, the oh, most yeah, Peter players Warwick, Warwick Dunn. Um,
0: where did Dunn, where did Dunn. Where did Warwick Dunn finish for the Heisman that year? Yeah, it would be My pretty top top goals. Goals. All right, Well, that, That's a good way to look at it. Heisman, Heisman winners who played at UVA. Mariota, who else?
2: Charlie Ward. Yeah,
0: Charlie. Okay, Charlie Ward, Mariota, Winky. We,
1: they, they, yeah. He would yeah, there, he right? would have played there. That's probably about it.
0: Poor Chris Winkie. Nobody ever thinks of him when they talk about great players. So that might
2: be it, yeah, actually. So unless more, we're forgetting somebody,
0: I'm sure there'll be some dude who
1: will email me. I mean, we did have Ricky does. Williams come through. <laughs> we yeah. had some good oh, players. Oh, that's right. I, I forgot I about Ricky Williams.
0: Playing. Yeah, that's right. Um, that's right. And
1: who was the backup to Williams? They had like that. Who was the other running back in that backfield?
0: Uh, no idea.
1: No, it's really good. He's a really good player. Clearly, <laughs> I clearly, name. he was great.
0: I think Lamar has. A, I mean, and this might be recency bias, but I really do think Lamar has the the ability and the and the chops to be better than than all of those guys. Um,
1: yeah, he passes like Mariota and he runs like Vic. I mean, it's crazy. And also,
2: it? and also, he's having a better season than all of those guys. He really is. Like, come when they come in here.
0: And you know, I joke about the cheat code, but like, he really is. Like, like I watch him play, and I'm, I just don't know. I like put it to you like this. Let's ask the question. How, how do you stop that kid? Like, what do you do, other than hope he either comes down with food poisoning or just has the worst absolute game of his life and turn you know throws three interceptions and fumbles twice? Like, what do you even do? Like schematically, what do you what do you do? You try to take away their run game and hope he gets one dimensional and you can get some um, some pressure. But I mean, your ends and your outside linebackers can they keep contained? I just, what do you do to stop this guy? Anybody yeah, have any honest, ideas? They want to send a.
2: Honestly, the best thing I could come up with when I was looking at stuff this week was just try to look at all of the film from this season and figure out what's worked in, like, small segments for teams and just try random stuff that other people haven't tried. <laughs> I mean, just, like, I mean, that kind of stuff, like, I mean, Tech does. I don't want to, you know, shower them <laughs> with compliments because it's not the right audience for that. But sometimes what makes Tech's defense good is, like, Bud Foster just gets really exotic yeah, um, I agree. So I mean, like you might just try stuff like that.
1: I feel like the only a- thing I could think of is when when Grow was here, we played Woody Dancer at Clemson, and there was a game he did not rush at all. Like the the defensive line did nothing but engage and bat down passes. Um, the problem is Woody Dancer didn't have the top end speed that, or the wiggle that Jackson's got. True, um, but and probably worked,
0: not. He so not I don't think he has
1: the, the talent around him. He probably did not have the arm talent. Either. Yeah. Um, you know, the, here's the thing. But that's the only thing that's really worked.
0: Yeah, I mean, all right. So let's take a step back. What did Duke do? Other, I mean, because here is my problem: the Duke model really only fits if Virginia's willing to be even dramatically slower offensively, right? If they're just, but I don't think they have the running game nor the offensive line to get into that kind. I mean, that that really is bringing a knife to a gunfight. Um, but what did Duke do that you think Virginia could uh, emulate, um, possibly? do as well like what could they what what could you take away from that game
1: okay not from what i got go ahead go ahead no no go ahead i was gonna say unfortunately not to be that guy but i think the one thing duke had going for it is that louisville was on a roll and they hadn't had Uh and it was exactly
0: what i was gonna say yep um
1: now they've had that game they've had the game right that's
0: exactly
2: right and from what i remember watching it it was kind of like duke just did a good job at like keeping louisville's offense out of rhythm by getting them off the field quick it was kind of like, all right, another three and out. That's weird. Like, I just remember watching it and being like, man, Louisville is like punting a lot. It never felt that way anyway. But yeah, I was like, they at the would step. wake up and they just never really did. <laughs> is
0: that a Thursday night or a Friday night game?
1: It's Friday night.
0: It's a weird um, that was, I. I remember being a weird thing.
1: It is. Weird. I mean, Louisville had 470 to 240 yards and only turned it over once, but Duke held the ball 37 minutes to 22.
2: That's what it was. They just basically sat on the ball and just tried to keep the the score as low as possible, which is not a recipe that UVA is going to implement.
1: Well, (laughs) you would think not. Yeah, I I mean Jackson only threw for one eighty-one, but they rushed for three hundred.
0: I just, yeah, I I, I, I struggle to, I struggle to really take away from. to, to take away from that effort what anything that I think Virginia could really duplicate. And I mean, it's part of that is just, listen, Virginia does not have the experience. Um, a lot of these kids are just kids, you know? Like, they, they're not going to be able to throw Jordan Mack into the fire, you know? You're, I was just thinking, like, three years from now, like, Bronco, I bet you could get exotic, and and he'd have experienced guys that he could, you know, really rely on to do random, non-basic stuff. But I feel like... One of the reasons he's constantly talking about how, you know, they focus on themselves so much is because they kind of have to. Like, they can't can't afford to spend time like, oh, man, we're going to do this weird thing where Andrew Brown's a cornerback. You know, like, they can't do that. Like, they need those cornerbacks getting all the reps they can get. They need the outside linebackers getting all the reps they can get. You know they're a handful. Now I just of dudes. keep thinking about Andrew Brown in the corner. <laughs> <laughs> I hope his dad listens. No, I just feel like I just feel like there's just a look. You got to be who you are. So right, who's Virgi- what's Virginia's defense? They're going to get beat over the top. You know what? If if that's what if if that's what it takes for Virginia to lose this game, then you know Put Louisville in position, to take those shots, and let him let him do it. You know, like you're not gonna you're not gonna beat Louisville by being somebody you're not comfortable being. At least at this stage for Virginia, I mean it's just not, you know, just not going to happen.
1: Yeah, um, yeah I and mean, it's not like it's a slide on Virginia either. I mean, no, if Jackson really doesn't turn really the not. ball over, there's not any teams in the country that can beat them. And quite frankly, they should have beaten Clemson. Um, yeah, I mean,
2: and that game was weird. It was in the rain, like, yeah, and they almost yeah. won that game anyway on the road against another very good team, but. Like there, that's why I don't think milking the clock is going to work because I think Louisville's defense is kind of underrated. So I think that UVA, if they try to slow down like they did against North Carolina, they would just run into the same problem where they would be out of sync, and then they'd just be giving the ball back to them anyway.
0: Yeah, yeah good I mean, times. The team
1: to beat Florida State by forty-three, right? I mean, so I mean, I don't look, don't they think hung <laughs>
0: sixty on Florida State, man. <laughs> yeah. That's why today when they asked me about it, I was like, dude, who knows? I mean, who knows? I mean, the um, thing Virginia's
1: got going for, thing we've got going for us is it's a noon kick, um, and we're the home team, so you know you can you can hope, but it's going to be. A, I mean, I, I don't even know what how bad Jackson would have to be. Um, like I said, he'd have to. I think win. he'd have to
0: commit at least three turnovers. It doesn't matter through the air or whatever, uh, and and I think that really. And look again, Dave made a good point, and and I want to harp on this for a second. Look, th- this is not about. Oh my gosh, Virginia's awful. Like they're struggling right now. They're scuffling a little bit. There's no doubt about it. But like this is just like look at what they did in NC State. You know, like last week. Like I mean, I looked up and it was like 110 to nothing. I was like, holy crap. (laughs) And and look, I understand that fans want to. They want to be able to go to this game. Those who will be able to survive it. They want to go to this game and, and think that their team's about to shock the world. And that's, look, that's awesome. And and hopefully for those kids who who have had a, a rough go of it, um, they'll be able to, to to try to do that. But ultimately, like, this this game doesn't matter in the big scheme of things. Like, it doesn't change. Like, it's almost like, and you guys love how I bring up LeBron all the time. But you know how, like, every LeBron game felt like some kind of, like, uh, um, memorandum on, like, his... Greatness, you know, like if they lost a the game, like up, oh, well, he's he's never gonna be he's never gonna be greater than Jordan, and it wouldn't even be a playoff game; it's just like a random game in like January, right? People are like, up, oh, this is this says a lot a about him, you know. Just be like, yeah, just a random Tuesday in January, but like this game ultimately doesn't matter. What it could what it could turn into some hay here is getting some confidence from playing a, a team this good and being tight. And I'm not saying, hey, just just shoot for the moral victory. I'm being realistic here. Like, I think you're right. I think Louisville would have to make some really, really big mistakes, and Virginia would have to play way above its station to win this game. And that's not – like, that's just the reality of the differences where these two teams are. Now, one thing I found interesting, like, somebody Monday asked some of the kids, and maybe even on the teleconference this Tuesday, hey, you guys have played these guys tight. What do you think about that? Right? And I forget who turned that into a story. Well, then somebody asked Bobby Petrino today – uh, so the Virginia guys are, excite, are are getting some confidence from the fact they played you guys tight. What do you think? And Petrino's like, well, I haven't heard what their players have been talking about. And I'm like, wait a minute. What? Like, nobody said the players were talking about this. Like, they were asked a question about it. And that's one of those things, like, when people say they, like, they, they hate how media spins stuff, like, that, that, I totally see that. But I do think there might be something, too, about the idea, like, you know what? They have played Louisville tight the past few years. Now two years ago wasn't uh was his, was it Devonte Parker was a wide receiver who was hurt right and he didn't play in that game he didn't play until like later in the season that year right that's correct and then last year was totally like the hey we're gonna roll over these guys oh man they're making us fight for it kind of game um and they still won and I think you're right had they had had Louisville just marched all over Duke and not lost that game I think they'd be I mean excuse me not almost lost that game they you know you, you you feel like you might be able to sneak up on them a little bit better, but this just doesn't feel like that, and certainly the confidence they've gotten in the past against Louisville might maybe while it helps i don't I don't know if that is anywhere close to enough to kind of get them over the hump. Um, you You guys are going to be shocked to learn that all three of us have Louisville only scoring thirty some points in this game. Um, so let's uh, let's uh, prepare to adjust accordingly. Uh, Dave in the um, preseason. You have, Does
1: it even matter? <laughs> this is
0: what we do. You had Louisville losing winning this game by 10, 33-23. My guess is you want to add about 30 points to one of those
1: numbers. Yeah, I mean, since we started tucking the spreads up another half point. <laughs> is it is 33 it really? now?
0: Holy yeah, crap. I mean, yeah. I,
1: I know you know about point spreads. You guys know what money lines are.
0: Yeah, you have to like, the, yeah, 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 yeah like, minus whatever like how much you, happens, would you have, have to pay? You'd have to pay this much to get this much back. Yeah.
1: So to to win a hundred dollars on Louisville straight up, you'd have to bet twelve thousand five hundred dollars.
2: <laughs>
1: if you put a hundred on Virginia straight up, you'd win five thousand if they won. Like, it's a pretty big spread. Um, oh, hey, wait, yeah.
0: how, how, wait hundred divided by three is thirty-three dollars <laughs> and thirty-three cent,
1: right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So split five thousand three ways. Hey, I'm down with that. Yeah. Um, anyway, I mean, I guess my point of that is. It's a pretty big spread. Um, it's
0: a lot of points. Not many
1: teams. It's a lot of points. Lot of points. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know what the number is. I, I've been going. I mean, part of me thinks Louisville is going to hit 50, and then part of me thinks it'll be over so quick that they don't need to. Um, so I'm going to hedge that bet and go 49 to 19 Louisville.
0: 19, huh? 19. The backdoor
1: cover. All right. So it's
0: it's a safety. Right. They're going to they're catch a cheat code <laughs> in the end zone. Uh, Ferber in the preseason. You had Virginia losing this game by 13, 37 24. Again, I think you're going to want to add about 30 points in there somewhere. Mm-hmm. What
2: Can I just you? give them all to
0: Louisville? <laughs> yeah. Well, I, no, spoiler alert. I did. Go ahead. <laughs> all
2: right. I'm going to go Louisville 52, UVA 24. Um, not a lot of analysis here. I think it's going to be pretty ugly. I think Louisville could be up like 28-7 to 7 or something at the end of the first quarter and then kind of back off a little bit. But I still think they win relatively easily. And uh, UVA might be able to put some points up late, but I don't expect it to be very competitive.
0: Well, in the preseason, Brad, in his esteemed wisdom, <laughs> had, had UVA losing this by 8, 37-29. Let me read that again. Nope. No, but I think I have thirty-seven twenty-four. Oh wait, that's Ferber's That's Ferber's list. Uh, I only had I had it thirteen thirty-four twenty-one. I am going to add thirty points. You want to add that. some points? Yeah. To to that. Uh, I'm. I think they're going to break sixty. Um, because I think Virginia is so susceptible to the big play over the top that they're just going to feast on it. I do think Virginia's offense is going to be have more success, and I think that's going to be the thing that comes out of this game. Like, hey. You know what the the offense got back on track against a good Louisville defense, but because I I think that the pressure that they're going to see from Louisville is going to be somewhat um, a lot like the um, pressure they saw the last two weeks. You know, I thought, you know, I think they'll 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 have Ben Kirk in the pocket a little bit better, and and I do think that some of those scramble looks will probably open up for him. Um, so I do think Virginia scores more points than you guys do, but ultimately it doesn't matter because they give up more points. Um, and to me, like. Again, this game is a wash. Like it's it's going to be a loss, and and that's okay. Um, the bigger point of the season was to prepare for the future. And look, maybe maybe it, maybe you go out there and shock the world. You know what? Hey, they play the game. I mean, who knows? Um, but I don't. I mean, anybody who goes into this thing expecting Virginia to win, I hope you also bet on it. Um, before we wrap up this week, I did want to touch on uh, media day down in um in Charlotte today. Virginia picked in the preseason to finish third in the ACC. Uh, London Perantes makes first team All ACC preseason. Um, do you guys have any qualms with first off any of the like when you saw the 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 different media uh, picks for um, the preseason poll? Virginia finishes third behind Duke and Carolina. Any any beef with that?
1: I think it's pretty respectful, quite frankly. I mean, yeah, I, I think wouldn't so have been too. Surprised to see, Virginia finish fourth. I mean, if you can imagine going back three years and say, "Hey, when when Brog and Toby, and and Gill and all these guys leave, Virginia will still be picked third. <laughs> so, okay, sure.
0: Third in third in your sure, own conference and and seventh <laughs> in the country. I mean, that is just nuts. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I, I'm
2: I'm okay with it. I mean, obviously, there's no reason to be upset about it or anything. I think it's pretty fair. Um, Obviously Duke and Carolina Like Dave just said are loaded and I think UVA's Got a lot coming back even though they lose a lot So it should be interesting But I think it's fair
0: Let me scroll back and see what I voted I voted Duke, Carolina, Virginia Okay, Louisville, Syracuse, Clemson NC State 7th, Miami 8th, Florida State 9th, Tech 10th, Notre Dame 11th Pitt, and then Pitt, Wake Forest, BC Georgia Tech I think the top and bottom of that are pretty much Consensus, it's everybody in the middle that's like, fighting for position. Um, let's see. I I did not understand Grayson Allen for player of the year. And the reason I did not understand that is because we were not allowed to vote for for Jason Tatum, which is who I would have voted for, had I been able. Um, yet, then Tatum didn't make first team, which kind of blows my mind a little bit. Like, wouldn't you guys have expected he would have made first team? Yeah. I mean, I understand that that Duke has a lot of talent and everything, but I just I don't know, man. Like that that kind of that part surprised me. First team was Allen Blossom game, Joel Berry the third, second. Sorry, Dennis Smith Jr. ends up on the first team behind Prontis by two points. Uh, Justin Jackson, Jason Tatum, Tyler Lydon, Dwayne Bacon, and Michael Young round out the second team. Um, but then I, I don't know, man. That was that part was weird to me. Although, look at Leonard Prontis with five votes in, for ACC preseason player of the year. Dang, he was two votes out of first. Or, excuse me, second. Sorry, second, second. Yeah. That's what I meant. Um, preseason rookie of the year, Dennis Smith beats uh, Tatum. I, that is, I, um, I mean, look, I think Smith's going to be really good, but that Tatum kid is nuts. It, I mean, uh, granted, he plays. Um, how about somebody voted for Josh Cogie? Do
1: you Aren't know two Who random is like that? Player Exactly. Of the year okay, choices. Aaron,
0: hold on. we we're, we're going to play a game here. What team does he play for? What's his name? Josh Okogie. Josh Okogie. O K O G I E. What team does he play for? I'm gonna go Boston College. I'm first. gonna say Syracuse. He plays for Georgia Tech. <laughs> 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 I think the fact that nobody can get that right. There was also some dude at, at, at media day today with Seth Allen from Tech, and I literally had no idea who he was. Like that dude could have walked into my house, and I'd be like, "Yo, who are you?" I, I the, like, and that is saying something. Like
1: the NIT ring wanting to give it away. <laughs> do I? The nit ring wouldn't have helped you out. <laughs> All
0: right. Do we really think that was his nit ring? <laughs>
1: That's what it said, man. It said
0: uh, I, I just figured it was his class ring. It was his nit ring, really. They they really. I gave swear out. to God, I, oh I
1: blew God. up on the picture and it said it nit, but maybe maybe someone doctored it. But. That's nuts.
0: Um, but anyway, so no, I um, I, I really thought that 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 the 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 pick the order makes sense to me. Um. I was a little bit surprised to see Georgia Tech not last. Because did you guys see John Ross from CBS the other day said that Georgia Tech had the worst uh, roster of any power team he'd ever seen? <laughs> Which made me laugh, but then also was like, yep, that's totally the game. Quentin Stevens is going to go crazy again against Virginia. Um, now, I mean, Duke, Carolina, Virginia, Louisville, Syracuse makes sense. Um, I, I thought Notre Dame at seven is a little high. Um you know, I, I think Tech's probably a little better than 10th, honestly. Um, and I don't even know where I had him. But it, it seems like to me that, that the London Perantes for per first season, remember, it wasn't that long ago when you had to convince people that a Virginia player deserved. And now, you know, Perantes is getting on there um, largely, I think, based on the fact that he's been in college for 11 to years. Um, and people obviously know him very well, but also, you know, given Virginia's success. Um, I just – I'm kind of astounded that we're at a place with Virginia's program right now where the Cavaliers can lose the ACC player of the year and three more seniors and still be top ten the next year and a dude makes first team all-ACC. And he wasn't even the kid who was the transfer from – five-star transfer who was another conference's rookie of the year a couple years ago. Like – like – I hope fans appreciate that. And, like, I know uh, folks are going to give us so much grief on the board when Virginia starts to loo- You know, they're going to lose a couple games here or there. Um, but man, I really hope people appreciate just the the growth of the program right in front of their eyes because this is this is some bona fide kind of stuff. Um, anything we all – none of us were able to make the uh, blue-white scrimmage but we were able to see some footage and see some, some recaps. Was there anything that you heard at that that really stood out to you? I mean, anything you, you heard or saw on, on the on the highlights that really stood out?
1: Mm, not really. I mean, I think it's probably good for the hype that Hunter was maybe a little banged up <laughs> so he didn't show what he could do. That way you and you and I and Justin can look like geniuses when we talk, start talking about how great he's going to be again. Because he only had what, like three or four points. Um, now, nah, I mean, I, the little bit I got to see, there was nothing that stood out to me. Um, other than there's a lot of, a lot of dudes. That can a play whole bunch of dudes.
0: The yeah, there's a whole bunch of dudes. Ferber, what about you? Anything that stood out to you from the scrimmage?
2: No, nah, it just seems like the team is going to be deep. Um, you know, a lot of different guys obviously Sounds played the board. So, someone. yeah. Um, I mean. I don't like to take too much away from that kind of stuff, but Kyle, Kyle looked like he could score a number of different ways, which is good. Um, other than that, pretty much what I expected.
0: So we've got, let's see, next Tuesday, excuse me, next Wednesday is uh, November the 2nd, um, and then we would have one more on the 9th before Virginia opens on that Friday. Um, so I'm not really sure yet whether we'll do preseason hoops podcast next week or the week after. Um, probably next week since they play at Wake Forest, um, on the fifth.
1: Are Justin and I invited to that?
0: <laughs> to what?
1: The oh basketball yeah! Podcast? <laughs> aren't, aren't we like, not allowed to talk basketball?
0: <laughs> no, no that that's gonna be us. That's gonna be us. I'm gonna have I, I'm I am gonna do uh, once football season is over. Do a couple of shows here and there with uh, with Grafton to talk hoops. But um, no, no the the preseason podcast is still still the, the main crew. Don't worry. Um
1: hey, if Louisville's course sixty you can see if Grafton wants to do next week's
0: football <laughs> for me. <laughs> but you know what? Next week is one they that you know, we can talk about them, you know, possibly, you know, being realistically favored on uh, you know, a game. I who knows? Probably not, but let's see. Um I, I you know, I I don't have high hopes for this this weekend. Ferber, you are are you coming to the game Saturday? I will be there. And Dave, you're you're you are you don't have yes, any weddings I will to go be to? there?
1: Yep. Um I don't. I'll be there then i'll be home to watch Florida State upset Clemson. <laughs> yeah, that would
0: uh that that'll be a good one. Um should be obviously a uh an, I want to say an interesting weekend, but i don't know if i can even sell that. Uh Random but anyway, question.
2: So who wins the tiebreaker if all three Atlantic teams tie with one loss?
0: Isn't it um
1: highest ranked team, Yeah,
0: it's big. higher t- highest ranked team, right? Yeah, sure. Why not? Yeah, good, good <laughs> times. Uh you know what we should really do. We should just really just kind of throw them all in a in a uh, in a like throw th- three of them in the coastal winter in a hat or in like a, a playoff and just let them have it. add an extra game on the schedule. Um, anyway, uh, want to thank everybody out there for giving us a listen. as always, want to thank you guys uh, for being on the show. Um glad that uh, everybody's power was restored um, and that we didn't have to worry about that. Uh, Again I always love how Firm Firm Always has something happen (laughs) It's it's either power went out Or there's some kind of uh, Softball game or He had to restart his computer so bear with him With the bear emoji which (laughs) made me laugh Anyway um, so we'll be back next week Probably to talk preseason hoops For most of the show as well as uh, A quick um, Quick recap of whatever happened Saturday As well as talk about uh, Wake Forest and then uh, I guess it'll be Basketball and football season here very, very soon. So again, thanks everybody out there for giving us a listen for David Spence and Justin Ferber. I'm Brad Franklin, publisher of CavsCorner.com. Thanks for coming out. We'll see you soon.